Well, friends, our passage this morning is Acts chapter 4, verses 23 to 31. You can find that in your pew Bible in front of you on page 912. And as you're turning there, I love what Isaiah 66 says. This is the one to whom I will look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. So some of us do come in these doors Maybe happy in our hearts, but others have heavy hearts. But no matter who you are, we get the opportunity to hear from God's word. And we all need God's word. So let's stand together and hear from God as he speaks to us in Acts chapter 4. Acts 4 verse 23. When they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed... The place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. This is God's word. Y'all may be seated. Let's pray to the Lord as we go to God's word together. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to look at Acts chapter 4, and we ask that your spirit would open our eyes to see Give us ears to hear, be preparing our hearts to really receive your word, which you would have for us today. We thank you that you are a God who speaks to us and are a God who reveals yourself to us in your word. And we ask that that would happen even now in these moments. We pray this in Christ's powerful name. Amen. Amen. Well, New Year's Eve is here. We're so glad that you're worshiping with us. We have opportunity to look at God's word together. And as we ring in the new year, it's really an opportunity for us to kind of reshape our our vision and and rethink about our priorities in life. Many of you are maybe in the business world and you're about to enter into a season of new strategy meetings or you're thinking through your family, new rhythms of life. It's really time for, for new beginnings, for goals, for resolutions and the like. All of that as we enter into the new year 2018. But as a church, even, it really provides us a chance to remember our calling and to reinvest ourselves in the right priorities. But we think, what what are the right priorities? What are the right priorities for us if we are following Jesus Christ? Well, after his resurrection, before Jesus ascended to his throne, he gave his disciples, the apostles and the Christians, the church, a mission started with the apostles in Acts 1, verse 8. I'm going to read this out because it sets the context for us as we enter into Acts chapter 4. Jesus said these words in Acts 1. He said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, 
in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. See, the church, even us today, are built upon the foundation of the apostolic witness to Jesus Christ. And we ourselves, we're called to continue this mission as the church of God. As simply as I can, here from Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the mission revealed in the book of Acts is circled around three words, proclamation, power, and people. You have the proclamation of the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit to all peoples of the earth. This was the mission of the apostles and the early church and even the mission of us today that we continue in is proclaiming, speaking the gospel in our spheres of influence and all around the world to all peoples, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not a message just for the elite or just for a select few, but it's for all to hear. So today, as we approach the new year, 2018, our focus really is to to laser in and hone in on the mission that we have been called to as the church of Christ to continue on in that because the reality is there's, there's thousands, even in our county here in DuPage County, who are not following Christ, who do not know the Lord. There's many unreached people groups, people who have never heard of Jesus and have never heard the message of salvation. If you follow Christ this morning, you have actually been a recipient of the gospel You've been a recipient of the mission. The mission has come to you and you are now a child of God and brought into God's story that he is advancing in the world of the gospel going out. But the reality is that life for each and every one of us presents challenges, doesn't it? Many are receiving the gospel around the world. Many are receiving the gospel here in the Wheaton area, but there are also many who are resisting the gospel And we face, as a result, pressures in our lives that tempt to derail or threaten to derail the mission that we have been called into. There's pressures that we face from without, the things that are are going on around us if we are standing up for Christ or speaking about Christ. There's pressures that we will face, but there's also pressures from within that tempt us to want to be silent about Christ and silent in our faith can breed an internal pressure, a fear of man, a fear of people, a fear of consequences. Rico Tice, he said these words. He said, people are hostile to the gospel. If we're going to talk, about, talk to people about Jesus, we're going to get hurt. It is going to risk our relationships, lose us respect. So we face the temptation either to stop saying anything or to change what we say. But sooner or later, someone mocks you Someone wounds you or someone dislikes you. See, as the the church of Jesus, we've been called to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ. But there's daily pressures, daily pressures for each and every one of us that tempt us to be silent about our faith. It's almost as if we, when we dive into the deep end of a pool and we get, we get further and further down, the pressure on our ears gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. That's what happens as we continue to speak and we continue to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. So the question that we face today is how, how do we persevere? How do we persevere in speaking about Jesus amidst the pressures that we face in our life, whether pressures from without or pressures from within, the fears that we have? The early church knew the antidote and as simply as I could it's it's this from from our passage it's the early church what did they do is gather in prayer 
to ask for strength to speak. That's what they did. Gather in prayer to ask for strength to speak. So as we go through this passage, just to get some of the context here in chapter 4, we're going to look at first pressures. What are the pressures that they faced? What are the pressures that we face in our context, in our situation? But our text is, what is the response? It's gather, pray, and speak. So first, the pressures. The pressures that we often face from without and the pressures we face from within that tempt to silence our witness. In Acts 4, chapter 3, Peter and John, as they are speaking the message about Jesus, after they've healed a man and then proclaimed the gospel to those who are hearing, as they're arrested, many people believe, but, but the religious leaders are jealous and they arrest them, they put them on trial. So they face this external pressure from the rulers and the religious leaders in their time to pressure them to remain silent. But what happens is they come before that group and they stood tall. They continued to even speak in that moment about Jesus. But in Acts 4, 17, I would encourage you just to look down there a few verses before ours where the religious leaders, they say this, but in order that it may spread no further among the people, meaning the gospel, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them. They experienced these pressures. They were arrested. They were put on trial. They were then threatened verbally Say, no longer speak in this name. They wanted to cut off the spread of the gospel. But in that moment, they did boldly stand for Christ. They boldly spoke about Christ. But as they were released, the threats didn't go away. The pressure was not removed. They knew that even in that moment, the pressure was rising. So they had to think, how am I going to persevere through these pressures to continue in the mission that I have been called? And the question is the same for us today. So in our context, we do feel the cultural climate or hostility even rising or changing. Pressure is rising, not only in Wheaton and Chicagoland, but all over the globe. But the reality is, it's the same old story. God's people have always faced opposition, and God's people have always faced hostility as a result of standing for Jesus and speaking about Jesus in their midst and in their spheres of influence because of their allegiance to God. God's word says this, it says, through many tribulations we must enter into the kingdom of God. Anything we experience is following the pattern that Christians for centuries have faced. Pastor Kevin DeYoung was helpful as I was doing study these, these weeks about uh, the opposition and the persecution and hostility that the early church faced in the book of Acts here in these early chapters. It started with this emotional opposition where they were jealous of them and they opposed them. They were angry at what was going on, but it it moved into legal opposition where they put them in prison. They threatened them and said, no longer speak about this, but it moved into physical hostility and physical pressure where they were beaten and even some were killed because of their faith. 
And the same is happening even around the globe where many still are facing physical threats and physical opposition and physical hostility because of their faith and because of their stance for Christ and their speaking about Christ. And in our context, it may be different from from that physical opposition. We might not face the exact same things of the early church or what some of our brothers and sisters around the globe are facing. But if we think about that spectrum that Kevin DeYoung has for us of the, the, the emotional hostility or even the legal hostility or some even in your lives physical is that we are in the same boat. Are you feeling pressure? Are you feeling pressure to be silent about your faith? To be silent about Jesus? Maybe it's pressure from your family, your extended family over the holidays where some of them are, are, are not believers, they're not walking with the Lord and, and they know your faith or you've been speaking about Jesus and they start to distance themselves or they start to respond harshly or they start to mock your faith. Or maybe you're a student, you're a new Christian, your family isn't and there's threats even that we're not gonna pay for this, we're not gonna pay for your schooling if you continue in this direction. Maybe it's people at work, relationships where they start to distance themselves or push themselves away from you because of your proclamation of Christ or proclamation of your faith. I know businesses are facing legal pressures to accommodate to the culture. Christians can be deemed exclusive or those with a hateful or harmful message. And again, there are brothers and sisters all around the the globe who are facing extreme opposition, extreme hostility, even the threat of death because of what they speak and what they share about Jesus. External pressures all around us, all around God's people, and it comes in so many variety of ways. But as that happens, internal fear creeps in. Fear of what? Fear of rejection, fear of loss, fear of loss of relationships, fear of a loss of status, fear of the consequences and so we experience the pressure to be silent about Jesus to keep our faith to ourself so what do we do God's word breathes confidence and truth into us this morning that that helps us to pursue boldness and persevere through those pressures what did they do what did Peter and John in the early church do well first they gathered They gather with their own. Look at verse 23. It says, when they were released, they went to their friends, meaning their their own people, and they gather together. They report what was going on. They share the situation and the circumstances that they are facing. We ourselves here in this time, holiday season, we just have had many gatherings from Thanksgiving to Christmas Eve to Christmas Day to New Year's Eve to New Year's Day watching football. We gather all the time, don't we? But I wonder how often we gather in the same way that the early church here is gathering. Where they're gathering together and they're praising God and they're praying for boldness to continue on in the mission. They went to their own and they gathered. A pastor down in the the city, Bing Ni, made reference to chapter 4 and just follow along with me going back to verse 5. It's helpful about this theme of gathering. In verse 5 it says, On the next day the rulers and the elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem. Then move down into verse 26 as they quote Psalm 2. It says, The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Verse 27, For truly in this city, city there were gathered together against your servant 
Jesus, but, verse 31, and when they prayed, in the place in which they were gathered together, it was shaken. Here we have in Acts chapter 4, these two camps of gatherings. Some are gathering against Jesus, wanting to thwart his plans. Others are gathering to surrender and submit themselves to Jesus and advance his cause, advance his mission. It's a passage of gathering. gives us a picture of gathering. Now we as the church, as we experience these pressures, the instinct for us is to gather, to come together with God's people and share and speak and tell one another about the pressures that we are facing. Not to gather to be against God's plan and God's mission, but to gather to to understand how can we persevere and continue on in the direction that we have been called. They gather. But in our context, often we do lean towards an, an individualized or isolated faith, don't we? As we want to go solo, we want to be the, the lone ranger, and we don't often pursue a communal partnership. But the early church had none of that. They were of one heart. They are of one mind, one soul, sharing with one another, providing for one another, and suffering with one another. They gathered. They came together. They spoke about the pressures that they were experiencing. Maybe you're here this morning and you, you do isolate yourself. You isolate yourself by choice. You come in and then you go out. And that's it. And that's what you are, are seeking and that's what you are wanting. But even the apostles... Even Peter and John, these pillars, the the ones who who the church was was really built upon in their message, even they knew that they needed to gather, that they needed the community of God's people. But maybe you have community. Maybe you have friendships even in this context, in this, this church, but you're even with them silent about the pressures that you are experiencing. You're not sharing those. You're not asking for others to enter in to that. Well, if you are isolated or you are alone or maybe you're in community and are silent about that, we we want College Church to be a place where we gather regularly. We come together regularly to support one another, to speak into one another's lives, and ultimately to pray to the Lord and ask Him to give us boldness to serve Him and His mission. Because their gathering was not simply just to support. Their gathering was so that God would give them boldness to speak. Down in verse 24, what happened? And they they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord. So not only did they gather, but when they came together is they prayed. They prayed. Because the truth is, speaking about Jesus to those around us, to family, to coworkers, to friends, it is not an easy task, even especially when there's pressures and there's hostility against us as a result of that. But the early church, they knew this very clearly. Speaking to God in prayer is critical, absolutely critical, if we want to speak to others about Christ. Speaking to God in prayer is critical for us as God's people if we want to speak to others about Jesus. So maybe we're tempted, we we have fears about speaking to others about Jesus. Or maybe that's not part of our life right now is the first step is we gather, but then we pray and ask God to give us boldness and ask God to give us strength so that we can move in that direction. Two things about their their prayer here is first is who they pray to, but then what they pray for. 
Who do Peter and John and the others here in chapter 4, who do they pray to? They pray to the sovereign Lord in verse 24. The sovereign Lord who rules over all things. They affirm all things. They affirm his power, his authority, his rule. And they say, sovereign Lord who made heaven and earth and who made the sea and everything in them. This is straight from Psalm 146. And in that psalm, there's this contrast between God the creator who made all things and then the earthly rulers who come and go, who come and pass away just like the dust. But God, the creator of all things, continues to sustain, continues to care, continues to provide for his people for all time, for all history. He holds the whole world in his hands God is the creator, the sovereign one over all things. This is who they pray to. This is who they draw near to. And this is who we, in our prayer, we draw near to. Even in the headlines or as we think about what's going on in our world and we feel like it's spiraling out of control or leaders are leading unjustly or or leading in pride, the truth is, is that they will come and they will go. But God remains and God continues. He's the creator the Lord over heaven and earth. But not only that, they, they then pray the scriptures. They, 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 they pray Psalm 2 here. It says, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. Not only do they affirm that God is the creator, the sovereign one who creates, but God is the sovereign one who rules. He is the king above all kings. There's earthly rulers in this Psalm 2 as David is speaking who are trying to set themselves against God and his plan and his way and his king. They're trying to cut themselves away from God's authority in Psalm 2. And they're resisting what God is doing and they're resisting God's authority. But Psalm 2 gives confidence. If we were to look at that and open that up, we would see that God stands in heaven and he laughs at the schemes of the rulers on earth who are trying to thwart what God is doing or trying to be against God's king. As he's laughing, it's a comical, it's a comical situation, a comical scene. It's similar to this picture of my little one-year-old who might run as fast as he can and waddles up and tries to tackle me at my legs, but there's nothing that he's going to do. All he's going to do is hit my leg and fall flat on his back. That's this picture here, these rulers trying to come against God, trying to thwart his plans, but they'll fail. They're doomed to fail. They're doomed to destruction. God is the king who rules over all kings. And here in our passage, the early church, they, they, they grabbed a hold of Psalm 2 and they said all of this is really pointing to the reality of who Jesus is. That Jesus stepped onto the scene in verse 27. And there were rulers, earthly rulers, Pontius Pilate, Herod, the Gentiles, the people of Israel, all peoples. They were against Jesus. And they even took him to the cross and crucified him and put him to death. But what does our text say? It says, but they did whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Not only is God the one who creates And continues to care for his people. And not only is God the one who rules over all things. God is the one who accomplishes. God accomplishes his purpose and accomplishes his plan. 
The rulers were not thwarting God's plan by putting him in it. That was God's plan. God sent Jesus to the cross to bear the sacrifice of our sins, to rise victoriously from the grave so that we might have life and forgiveness and the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us. They were against Jesus, but they could not overrun God's mission and God's plan and God's purposes. So again, think back of these early Christians. They're facing these pressures from all around. They gather together and they turn to the Lord in prayer. But who is it that they are praying to? The sovereign Lord. The one who is over all things. The one who rules. And the one who is accomplishing his purposes. Even as many are trying to thwart or many are trying to go against him. So I think the question for us this morning is who are you praying to? When you turn to the Lord in prayer, who do you pray to? Do you pray to a small God wondering if he can accomplish or do anything about it? Or do you look at the scriptures and the vision of of who God is in the scriptures, the sovereign Lord, and you turn to him and you ask God to intervene and you ask God to give you strength to persevere and strength to be bold in your witness. The early church, that's what they did. They opened up the scriptures. They prayed the scriptures to get a, a big vision of God and prayed to that sovereign Lord. But for a moment, this text is so important as they, they quote Psalm 2. We need, to, we need to sit here for a moment. Because Psalm 2, it, it paints these, these two responses to God's king. There are those who are resisting God's king, pushing against God's king. The one who want to cut themselves away from his authority. But there are those who find their refuge in God's king. Who, who bow their knee to God's king and submit themselves and surrender themselves to God's king, coming under his authority. Where do you land this morning? Where do you land? Are you, are you, are you fighting against God's authority, the rule and reign of Jesus Christ, wanting to cut yourself off? Or are you coming under God's authority, namely God's king, Jesus His way is not burdensome. His way brings life. His way brings peace. His way brings forgiveness of sins. His way brings the power of the Holy Spirit to those who trust in Christ the King. Psalm 2 gives a warning to all the peoples of the earth. Which camp are you resting in? Under the King or against the King? One finds refuge and one finds hope the other finds the just punishment of wrath for sin. But if Jesus is your king, you do have forgiveness of sins. You do have access to God, the sovereign Lord in prayer, and he hears our prayers. But here the early church, it's not only who they prayed to, but it's, it's what they prayed for. What they prayed for in verse 29. They said, and now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know, even this morning, we we prayed the Lord's Prayer together, didn't we? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And while we know that prayer, often functionally we live or even we pray the complete opposite. 
We, we might pray or we might think. We might not verbalize it this way, but, but we live in the way in which we say, Our Father in heaven, please protect my name. Please make my name great. My kingdom come. My will be done. The early church in Acts, they were not concerned about their safety, about their circumstances, about themselves. They had on their minds God's mission, God's kingdom. They asked for boldness to speak. They asked for boldness to continue on with what God has called them to do. God's will be done. God's kingdom come. Remember during our Missions Fest this past year, Zane Pratt, he said a challenging word, something along these lines. I think it's worth remembering. He said, we tend to spend more time praying to keep sick saints out of heaven than to bring lost sinners into heaven. Something along those lines. It it rings true to us and to me, I believe. The church in Acts, they knew what to pray for. They prayed for boldness. They prayed for the mission. They prayed for for one another that they would continue on and persevere through the pressures. And not only for boldness, they prayed for, for powerful acts and works of God to confirm that message through the signs and the wonders and the acts of mercy. Their priority was God's kingdom and its advance in the world, spreading and speaking the gospel. Now, this doesn't mean in our prayer life that we don't pray for those who are sick or we don't pray for our children's safety or we don't pray for our circumstances to change. We should pray for those. We should ask God to care and intervene in the midst of those. But, but ultimately, the reason that we are praying for those things is so that they might come to know Christ or they might be effective in their witness for Christ or continue on to speak about Christ, even in those opportunities as we're praying and caring for one another. I'm so encouraged by many of our older saints as they face trials or they're, they're in the hospital and they, they have surgery. I say, how can I pray for you? I say, pray for opportunity for me to speak to my nurses or speak to my doctors about Jesus, even as they're recovering or they're about to enter into surgery. I hear often Pray for boldness, opportunity to speak, that I might be able to share the gospel with those there. I think that's what this passage is primarily calling us to do as a church in our various communities, small groups, or with our families, or even when we come here on Sunday morning as a church together, is that we would gather and we would ask God to give us boldness to speak and tell others about Jesus there are brothers and sisters all over the world, various parts of the world who are facing physical opposition, real, deep, intense threats because of their faith and because of their, 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 their proclamation of the gospel. And our missionaries that we're supporting, they're going out and doing missionary, uh, ministry all over the globe and they also face pressures that tempt them to be silent about their faith and silent about Jesus would you join in prayer for our, our, the persecuted church all across the globe that they would have boldness to continue to speak and persevere through the pressures? For our missionaries, that they would have boldness in their ministries to stand up for Christ and speak about Christ even as they face pressures. For our pastoral team that's been commissioned and called to preach the word from the pulpit and in our ministries week in and week out, would you join in prayer and asking for a pastoral team to have boldness to speak about Jesus. For our evangelists that we support, 
all around the Chicagoland area, will you join in praying for them to have boldness to share the gospel all around this area? In your small groups, as you're gathering together, you're studying God's word, share the pressures that you are facing, the temptations that you have to be silent, but pray for one another from the scriptures that you would have boldness, that God would give you the boldness by his spirit to speak and to stand for Jesus. It even gets down to your family around the dinner table and how this shapes your times of praying with one another and praying for one another and asking God for boldness and asking God to show up in power by his spirit this year in 2018. As pressure comes because of our faith, we can find strength to persevere in bold witness as we turn to the Lord in prayer and gathering together. Look at verse 31 because this shows what happened when they prayed. When they prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. They gather, they pray, and then they speak. What a great scene here. What a great scene. As they pray, God, God shows up in a powerful way and the place is, is shaken. It's a powerful picture. As God is affirming their prayer through his presence by the Holy Spirit and filling them with the, with the Spirit, empowering them, basically strengthening them to be effective in their witness and to be effective in speaking about Jesus. They've been given boldness to continue with the mission. I think often, though, when we think about boldness, as we think boldness is a personality thing. That it's those who have a confident personality, those who are gifted in speaking, they are the ones who are going to be doing the speaking, the evangelizing, the sharing of the gospel. But this boldness is not a personality thing. This boldness here comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. That if we are in Christ, the Spirit dwells in us and we can ask God to strengthen us, empower us to have boldness, even when we feel weak, even when we have fears or fear rejection. It's not about personality. It's not for a select few, but it's for us who are following Christ and following Jesus to speak about him in our spheres. So 2018, what will your priorities be? Will you reset, use this time to reset your priorities, to refocus upon the mission that God has called us into as his church? Will you pray for yourself and pray for others, for for opportunities That this would be on the forefront of your mind each and every day that you would have an opportunity to be speaking about Jesus. That you would gather together as you're facing the pressures externally or even internally, the fears that you have, and turn to the Lord and say, Lord, sovereign Lord, give us boldness to speak. Would you show up in power in our family, in our workplace, in our spheres? So friends, we're not promised comfort in this life. We're not promised a life that's free from challenges or pressure. And if we are living for Jesus and speaking about Jesus, they will come. They will come. And we're going to be tempted this year, maybe even this week, to be silent. To keep our faith to ourselves. But we've been called into God's story. We've been called into God's mission to be speaking and proclaiming the message of Jesus and what Jesus has done in our life. And may we turn to the sovereign Lord together in prayer. And may College Church this year, 2018, 
be a bold church that stands together and speaks together about Jesus. Maybe a starting point for us is this afternoon around the table. Maybe it's this week. You go to your small groups and you start to pray with one another. You're gathering together and you're letting Acts 4 shape your time of how you can pray to God for one another. May God strengthen each of us by his spirit to serve him this year by speaking of him. Let's pray. God, we come to you, the sovereign Lord, and we know that you are over all things, but Lord, we often face pressures. I pray for those who in in our midst are experiencing intense pressures externally or even deep fear internally, or our brothers and sisters around the globe who are uh, following you and are experiencing these same pressures or intense pressures. We ask for boldness and we ask for strength even today that we might be a witness for you and continue in the mission that you have called us to. So we pray that you would do this by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.